0: Now entering nerdist.com. You made it weird. You made it weird. You made it weird. Oh yeah. You made it weird. You made it weird. Yes, you did. You made it weird. Oh yeah. You made it weird with Pete Holmes. You made it weird. Yes, you did. Hey, what's happening, everybody? Uh, all the, although the, I usually say weirdos, I said everybody. What's happening, all you weirdos and people maybe just listening to the show for the first time who aren't sure if they're weirdos yet? Uh, okay, <laughs> Eric Andre, what a delight, just, just a good friend of mine and uh, a wonderful guest. Uh, my only regret is that we kind of ran out of time. Uh, Eric doesn't know that this isn't a, a four to five hour show, and uh, so we didn't cover everything, which just means he's going to have to come back, and he's one of my absolute favorites, so he definitely will be coming back. The only thing that I want to uh, plug up top really is the, is the Pete Holmes show. I don't know, I'm pretty sure everybody knows this by now, but starting October 28th, I'm going to have my own show, four nights a week, following Conan on TBS called the Pete Holmes show. That checks out, because that's that's who I am. And it's, and it's my show. And it's gonna be wonderful. And if you want more info, uh, PeteHolmes.com has been, uh, completely redone with new clips. We just put up a, uh, Goodwill Hunting parody the other day. Lots of, that's where we're gonna be putting a lot of the, uh, you know, advanced leaking sort of, uh, intel. Intel? Videos, information, tweets, vines, that sort of stuff. Anyway, check it out. I, and, and please tune in. I sincerely hope, uh, you enjoy it. And, uh, I believe, are there any tour days? Oh, yeah. Boston and New York. I'm going to be in New York City, in uh, Williamsburg, in October. And in November, I'm coming back to Boston to do the dice. The paradise again. Uh, I'm I'm thrilled that people are already getting tickets to those shows. That means so much because, you know, these are, you know, Boston's my hometown and I lived in New York for seven years and it's always wonderful to come back to those. So I hope to see a lot of weirdos out at those shows. Uh, Before Eric, here is our sponsor. I'd like to thank Squarespace for being our sponsor. uh, Squarespace is an all in one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website or online portfolio. And you can get a free trial and 20% off by going to squarespace.com. And use the offer code WEIRD9. Not just weird, but WEIRD9. It starts at just $8 a month and includes a free domain name if you sign up for one year. Squarespace has over 20 highly customizable templates for you to uh, choose from. And every design automatically includes a unique mobile experience that matches the overall design of your website. So the content will look great on every device every single time it's incredibly easy to use but if you want some help squarespace has an amazing support team 24 7 and you can start now with no credit card and just start building your website or if you have a credit card i'm sure they'll take it but you don't need one if you don't have one squarespace everything you need to create an exceptional website and uh thank you again squarespace for the support and thank you guys for listening to the show thank you eric andre for doing the show and uh yeah get into it already that's what I thought colorblindness was, but it's not. It turns out got it's the river blindness. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> what is the river blindness? It's when the river just swishes around in your eye sockets <laughs> And then you can't see. I don't know. <laughs> Some shit Samuel Jackson mean? yells during movies. Did you make it up? <laughs> I think so. I got that river blindness. I got the river blindness. <laughs> this. <laughs> I'm, fi- I'm trying to finish chewing. Somebody got mad at me. I'm not getting mad at you. I'm Ooh. getting happy at you. I like that a lot. People get mad a lot when you eat on the show. About Are you guys s- recording right now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. should I just wait for my a proper intro? Ladies and gentlemen, no. You've never... You've only done the live I've show. I've never done the show. You've I've done never, the live show I've twice. Done live show, but not... Twice. This, yeah, twice. A sensational live guest. Uh, My oh, go-to. Thank you. Yeah. I intend you. for you to be the go-to on the on the Pete Holmes show as well, because you're just sensational. Thank you. You're just the greatest. Thank you. You, <laughs> you always deliver. I appreciate it. <laughs> you're that. a delivering I man. I don't think that's true, but thank <laughs> you. You're an operator. <laughs> <laughs> I think we I should think... use cooler terms with each other. Uh, <laughs> like the wire. You're good police. I, <laughs> I just found out I'm doing fashion police with Joan Rivers tomorrow. Weird that I just said police. Yeah. Uh, you're big, doing fashion, please. Yeah, which is it's funny because you're kind of like a you know a left of center a fashionable person. You don't oh, want to see like a, <laughs> but you don't want to see like a tucked in polo.
1: <laughs> you wanna, I do, you wanna, know, I do.
0: But yeah, it's funny because I, want I tried you to, to blouse your t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> I would if I could, if I knew what that meant. I wanted to give you a <laughs> pair of uh, kicks. <laughs> Yes, very ugly. (laughs) 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 You didn't like them at all. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I bought them a long time ago. No, I liked them. No, you don't have to like them. I liked them. I bought them because I thought it was novel. Mm-hmm. I didn't really intend on wearing them. Mm-hmm. I have a couple pairs of shoes like that, like the Agassiz. No, the wait. Rocky First Agassiz. off, I want to say it was down to me and you for the E-Trade baby. No. <laughs> you are the funniest. You are the funniest. You son of a and bitch. You beat me out. And you I've always resented of- you. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's worse. He didn't resent me, and then I brought it up. And he resented that. You know that campaign is over. Oh, me and right, Glazer dude. should go out for a tuna sandwich. <laughs> where there's, no, there's no bad blood with me and that fella. <laughs> he's right behind you. <laughs> he is an intense dude. <laughs> yes. like, ah! The thumb cut to the neck motion. <laughs> he's an intense mofo. <laughs> Nobody thinks, everybody knows he's hilarious and everybody knows he's intense. It might be equally true. that You're, of course, referencing the first live podcast we did outside land, San Francisco, where I, uh, somewhat to fans of the show, notoriously asked... Uh, John Glazer, how he felt about it coming down to he and I for E-Trade. And his eyes went what I can only describe as Columbine. (laughs) Yeah, he went to like a deliverance (laughs) kind of fucking banjo (laughs) solo. It was the scariest. I'm writing down shoes because I'm going to finish that thing about shoes. It was the scariest, one of the scariest days of my life. Terrifying. And you, this is why I've told you this. I've texted you You this. You opened up strong. You said Neil Young more like Neil Old. I did. That was a strong start. With him? No, no. Just I just said general. that to you in the during the show. In the show, yeah, during yeah. the it was a fine show. Yeah, but you remember, and I'm, I'm I'm happy talking about it. It was like at noon. Metallica was the night before. Mm-hmm. Everybody's hung over. Everybody was hung over. Right. I was hung over. Yeah, and I remember going a out, spot. and it was a great crowd. They were very gracious and stuff. But I went out, and they were like, you know, I could tell that it was noon. Yeah, and everybody was out real late the night before, the morning before, the morning of. Yeah. So I went out and I was like, this is fine. You do a couple bits up top, and you're like, yeah, this is going to be okay. Yeah. Bring out the E Rock. E-Rock and I do Jamaica. Yeah, Jamaica. <laughs> just crush that joke into the ground. We can't stop it. the Jamaica ball back and forth. In fact, I look, what it says on the paper, it says Jamaica. It's also, I misspelled it because I was talking to Katie. It's a map of Jamaica. <laughs> I, mean, we're not I just want to talk to you about Jamaica. <laughs> and then, uh, what, it was you, Jackie Cation. Mm-hmm. And then Glazer. Mm-hmm. And uh, somebody said I went off on the wrong f- ste- stepped out on the wrong foot because the first thing I said was he looked like Elmo. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Because mm-hmm. he was wearing a red, mm-hmm. that like didn't hooded. Do, that didn't go well. That wasn't good. But I, that was a playful jab. I mean, it's a comedy show. If you came out in you know coveralls, I wouldn't I would make a jab. Yeah. About whatever color they are. If it's purple, I'm going to call you grimace. Yeah, if it's red, it's playful. Red, it's playful. Yeah. Oh, well, there was absolutely no. But that was the first time I'm doing a lot of yammering. How was it for you? It was intense. Uh, it was intense. I felt so uncomfortable. My butthole puckered so much and I like my throat closed up. It was like my 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 Adam's apple and anus were touching in the center of my body. It was like fight or flight response. It was fight or flight. Yeah. And that's what I was gonna tell you, and I'm glad to get this on the record. First of all, I'm I'm literally grateful for John for turning it around and like releasing the episode and not having hard feelings and just letting because people really liked listening to it. It was mm-hmm. uncomfortable, but they enjoyed it. So I'm still grateful to him. Very polite. You're very polite. <laughs> That's a very polite, diplomatic. <laughs> and I'm running for office. And but even more so, a million fold, I'm grateful to you because I really fro like. I felt like I don't have I osteoporosis, the- but I felt like I got full blown osteoporosis. Like in my my bones felt very brittle. I felt like you could have pushed me over very easily. I remember by the time Brett Gelman came out, I could just see you just wanting to get the fuck off that stage. Yeah, and plowing through yeah. your interviews. Like, yeah. Yeah, where are you from? Okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> Chicago? Uh-huh. All right, and you live in New York? That's great. Uh, okay, thanks so much. That's been the podcast. Yeah, I, I like, wanted to run. the door? And you... And then me and Galvin got in a fight, and I you're like, know. May, no, what's that, happening? I didn't, do. I had a secret, and I think I've told you this. The first thing was that secret I was so relief. grateful that you kept it going. You had a great line, which I've actually used since then because fans of the podcast know it and love it from that episode, which is "my penis is inside my body," (laughs) which is a great, great line. So you kept the laughs coming as all I was doing was crafting sincere apologies in a hangover haze. I was like, "How can I express to you my sincerest deepest regrets?" And uh, yeah, so and then when you got in the the mini beef, mini beef with Galman. Mm -hmm and then Glazer sided with Gelman cuz i you know i guess they're chums and maybe also he disagreed he just mm-hmm. didn't think you should have made a joke they're good friends i think they they grew up together you they're made it you made together. a joke in the middle of so <laughs> you i'm trying to get it over with you're trying <laughs> to keep it light yeah fucking uh gelman is telling a personal story and you did <laughs> it you made a joke uh huh and uh, and then Gelman was like, "Don't interrupt me." <laughs> yeah. And then that was okay. I felt like, mm. but then but then you got the intense eyes pointed at you of, of Glazer and Gelman, yeah. and they were really like, "How would you feel if someone interrupted you?" Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And in my heart, I felt horrible. But in my brain I was like, at least this is an- this is another fire that's <laughs> yeah. distracting from the fire I started. <laughs> yeah. Now it's yeah. just one I big jumped on fire. A grenade. Yeah. You did. Yeah. You were a good soldier. Yeah. No, that was fun. I think it was fun. It's fine now. <laughs> of course it's fine. I've seen uh both of them. Yeah, me and Gelman just did a movie together where we're oh, tight. That's right. We are buddies now. You did flock of dudes. We did flock of dudes. Effedies. My friend kept forgetting what it was called, and he's like, Hey, you still doing that movie Bro Dudes Part 2? <laughs> <laughs> the first one was too gnarly for the silver screen. We skipped straight to the sequel. <laughs> Bro dudes. You know Part they were two. gonna call Hot Tub Time Machine Two, Hot Tub Time Machine Three. <laughs> that would have been so funny. Really? Because it would have been in the future. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. I oh. think that's what it is. They go in the future. Or some, awesome. I, don't, I don't know anything about that. No one's the messed scout. with the, the title of the sequel, like doing a joke on the number, since uh, Naked Gun. Since Naked Gun. Yeah. 33, 33 and a third. 33, and two and a half. Two and a half. And, and I remember someone sincerely being like, Katie's got to eat. <laughs> See you, Katie. No, I know. Uh. Katie, right? <laughs> <laughs> Just a stupid joke. I remember someone sincerely saying to me, they were like, I love Naked Gun too, and 2 and 2.5. Like, they the <laughs> second one, they confused. Anyway, it's not worth talking about. But people aren't messing with that. But you did Flock of Dudes with my buddies. Those are my buddies, yes. the post show buddies. Yeah. How was that? Oh, yeah. Was that? It was great. It Didn't was great. you shoot in it in like was, a weekend? You know, it, was, it was, we saw the whole feature in a weekend. <laughs> um, uh, you know, it was a big gems. That's Kumail was there, Hannibal, Brett. People say, Hannibal. Christalia. People say, Hannibal. Hey. My that baby. was Mike Gellman. Hey, Eric. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go do this scene. <laughs> I'm going to go do this scene. No. Uh, <laughs> I can't what's do Gellman. What's your Kumail? ha <laughs> <laughs> hey, Eric. Can you run these lines with me? Emily's not feeling good, and I, can can you think of any improvs that might be good for me? That sounds like an orphan. <laughs> 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 That's an orphan voice. <laughs> Hannibal was in it. Yeah, Hannibal. People say like, Hannibal, you can't be in a movie. I say, yes, I can, <laughs> Hannibal. <laughs> I was in The Princes of Summer what was that movie called Kings of Summer oh Kings of Summer I just yeah. called it princes, the prequel <laughs> Princes of Summer I'm doing too much talking I'm excited to see you no <laughs> why Why did you want me to sit so close to you that's what I want to know do you feel I went close I to sit there and you go no 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 <laughs> saddle up that's the philosophy that's the philosophy you gotta be tight you gotta be close you need a co-host why do you get a co-host I don't know you don't need no co-host why Why no co I don't need it. half leave... the time I'm doing my show I'm exhausted and thank god Hannibal's there to, to really? Oh yeah, he is. He he is the wind beneath my wings because I'm so exhausted while we're shooting. Is it because that my mind will go totally blank, like out of juice? And he is just like boom on. on really? Top, yeah. Is it because you're writing and producing and all that sort of stuff? Yeah, yeah. And then it's when you get eighteen-hour days, writing, sh- pretty just also just like improvising that much, you're using your brain. You know what I mean? You you're are sporting. improvising a lot. Yeah, we're improvising throughout most of the show, so it's like. You're just squishing your brain of all its juice, yeah, and then it's just exhausting. I don't know. Yeah. hearing that, you know, going into what I'm about? To <laughs> no, to, but I mean it's, it's going to be. It's great. wonderful. They're great problems. I was just talking to Tom champagne and John problems. again. Yeah, champagne problems. Champagne problems. I like that. Champagne problems. That's exactly what it is. Nobody relates, and I wouldn't want anyone to relate. Mm-hmm. But I, I, think I know what you're talking about. When you're just like, when your job is to go into your into your soul and find something that tickles you. Mm-hmm. Do you think stop being funny? do you like lose your compass on like what's even funny or you just like Um, I don't even care anymore yeah I think I think yeah I I, I worry like am I even funny anymore Uh, was it when I started comedy was it just like Well, I always feel like I was, like, better, like, I was the best, like, year one of comedy, which is, like, the farthest from the truth. If I say, watch a tape of me, it's, like, a nightmare. But, like, at least I was going, like, all off instinct and, like, not second-guessing anything Mm -hmm. and didn't, like, get wrapped up in the politics of anything. And there was no, it felt like there was no consequence. So, like, I was just completely uninhibited and, like, I worried, like... Oh, I'm too in my head, but I've always been in my head, so it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's just it's just your rose-colored glasses. You're looking back and being like, ah, the pure days. Yeah, exactly. You were so far up your ass, I'm sure. But those are huge feelings. The feelings have still got it, and the feelings of being a fraud. I think those are the two pillars of of doubt for every comedian. Totally, totally. Always. I I remember uh, Dustin Hoffman saying like he felt like a fraud, like decades into. Is that a real thing you're doing? What is that? I just took some you, honey. You read some crazy health book. <laughs> See, I'm like went on this wheatgrass, al- blue algae trade with you, but now seeing that you're like fucking, I realized you're crazy. <laughs> and you just read some book that you got a yoga class, like at the little front, or like on the Whole Foods line, and now you're like, yeah, a shot of honey every day. It's like the weed doctor, the Indian weed lady. That get, she like wrote a book <laughs> on health. That's your like nutritional guide through life. I, this is just for my throat. Oh, you I don't want to lose my throat. voice. Water. water, water. Yeah, water. water we got water, 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 water too, water. but then also, not you know. tea with honey, not hot water with honey. I mean, that stuff works. Yeah, you know, the thing that works the most is just water. Really, just keeping those. Pipes wet. Pipes wet. <laughs> wet. We did get into a, a wheatgrass. Uh, camp. What are you going to do? Because I've, I've been, been doing it. Since you, since you told me about that, yeah. I've done a shot of wheatgrass every day. That's bullshit, you know. How much? One ounce? Just a just a little shot glass. You say, give me a shot. Give me a shot. But where are you getting it? Um, there's this place, Naturewell, in Silver Lake. Yes. Um, there's a place, uh, uh, oh, God, Earth 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 Bar. Earth Bar. I got it. So you're getting it in the morning getting in the morning yeah empty stump empty, <laughs> empty emmy stump Emmy stump <laughs> Emmy stump empty stump <laughs> um, uh, no em- i have breakfast before you should have it on an empty stomach why boom what do you mean <laughs> what <is that> like? <laughs> boom <laughs> it means i don't know no i know i read a book about it I look you're crazy <laughs> i might be crazy i'm just realizing now you're a lunatic <laughs> No, you your drinking honey. Out no, this is for my throat. You look like you've been in here for days. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> like, Empty some. You're doing abbreviations of things that don't need to be abbreviated. You're like wow, 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 You look great. Empty some. You look like one of those people that ride the bus that have like their bus pass on a necklace around their. Head. <laughs> that is so good. That is so funny. That's Why is that so such bad. a tip off that you're an absolute loon? <laughs> that is. The tip off, and you yeah. got one of those necklaces <laughs> with the bust ass, yeah, that's why that's the fanny like, pack still looks suspect. If you need what you need <laughs> to be out in public, or you'll lose it. It's like that guy is that what lunatic. it is? That's yeah. what it is. Yeah, it is. Oh, that's fanny what it is. pack money belts, <laughs> anything like that. That is what it is. Yeah, sure. They lose the thing. They'll lose it, oh. and they're probably like nervous. Mm-hmm. And insecure they just and want paranoid, they, they need to need touch need it. it yeah. yeah, we're yeah. kind of like getting to the sad hearts. <laughs> yeah, that's that. my look. <laughs> no, but but I I my I, necklace wallets. <laughs> I, I, I gotta keep it weird, man. I'm trying to keep weird. You're a weird dude. <laughs> Fuck this, man. I, no, I don't feel attacked. Yeah, I've known you for years, and you never and thought I, I, I was. Know, weird. I didn't know how crazy you were until like this very moment. Do you all the pieces of the puzzle coming together? It's like the end of Arlington Road. I don't know. Oh, what is that? It's that movie Jeff Like Bridges, Flowers for Algernon? Jeff Bridges and Tim Robbins. It's a great it's a great twist. I've seen Shawshank Redemption. Okay. That's a good movie. <laughs> Suffice it to say I liked Andy right away. <laughs> <laughs> Andy Dufresne walked into Shawshank that afternoon, <laughs> followed by two female penguins. One of which was sitting on an egg and it died. That's a part of the- that's <laughs> a great Nelson Mandela <laughs> um, My favorite Chuck Norris joke is, um, um, Chuck Norris <laughs> is, is Chuck Norris narrates Morgan Freeman's thoughts That is the best one Stop looking Chuck Norris narrates Morgan Freeman's thoughts Is the best Chuck Norris joke. (laughs) That (laughs) 1690. (laughs) Blue my mind. Blue my mind. I don't want to ruin your material, but me and Kumail love doing your fake (laughs) uh, poetry. I want to hear that Kumail impression again. What? Can you learn that? Do it again? Uh, Eric, it's it's Kumail. (laughs) It's It's Kumail. Uh, I'm in the trailer next time. I'm in the trailer with Morgan Freeman. Morgan. Morgan Freeman. I really lost it on Morgan. I'm in the trailer with Morgan Freeman. Could, could you help me, please? <laughs> yes. I just need to think of some new lines. Some killer improvs. No, it's not. I can't do it anymore because I'm having too much fun. It's like a British orphan. It's like a a hair away from a British orphan. (laughs) Emily uh, ate my porridge. Can I have a bit of yours? Emily took me ointments for me infections. Emily has my set list. Emily's the funniest. Do you know that? Are you aware that Emily is uh, never, super funny? She, is she doing, like, on, on the regs or on stage? She's doing stand-up now? She's she doing stand-up? She has, I, I'm just turning my phone off. i No, so no. Sorry. Take a phone call. No. <laughs> <laughs> Text, catch up on those tags. You son of a bitch. You realize people are going to be like, Pete was rude in this. Pete was... I forgot I knew you. Bacon. With the nipples of WNBA players, bacon. I forgot I knew you. James, and Take a few calls. And me, Eric Andre. <laughs> James and Joey's impression of me is the best. I go, do an impression of me. He goes, hmm. Getting it, getting it, getting it, getting it on. I was like, I've never said that in my life. He goes, yeah, but you know, you might as well. Getting it, getting it, getting it, getting it on. Getting it on. That's just fun get, to do. Get, 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 <laughs> getting, it, getting it. I wish getting I could, it getting it getting it owl on <laughs> I wish I could see the hand movement. It looks like you're wringing out towels in your armpits. That so is so insulting. insulting. Oh. <laughs> I wanna like dance be right outside and he walks in and as, as like I'm on stage, he walks in and I just finished the joke by go, Getting it, get <laughs> it, get it, get it, getting it, getting it, getting it owls. I gotta it's, write a joke like, yes. like reverse engineer a yes. joke so that yeah. the punchline is it. All you it, getting need to it, do it. is add it to Baconator, and, then, <laughs> and there's an old man next to you going getting it, getting it, then it's in. It's I mean, in, in the, the Baconator, and there's an old man next to me, and he's all like, getting it, getting it, getting it, getting it on. The audience will be like, "Whoa!" If any of that? them have heard this podcast, they will give you an applause break. It'll be a huge moment. Getting it, getting it, <laughs> getting it on. It's fantastic. I want to talk about blue algae. Yeah, I want to talk about that shit what is, all the time. What is that? I'm having some honey. What is that? <laughs> you look like a, uh, like Yogi Bear. <laughs> Yogi Bear, yeah! It's TJ. <laughs> yeah! I did just like oh, offensive with TJ. I know, it's we on the are, paper. We are never getting invited. You took <laughs> your dick out. Took my dick out. I threw firecrackers at TJ. They did not appreciate it. You lit lit them. I lit them. So you have to. I them them thought they were you. TJ's too. What? I lit them, and there were like a million black hats. It was like, <laughs> and the EPs all like came up to TJ. They're like, TJ, just if you're going to do something like that, please tell us. And I was like, yeah, man, TJ's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't rat you out? No, I I, I told Uh, him it was me. I told him it was me. That's fantastic. I don't think, he would have kept it. He didn't care at all. He didn't apologize. He just like, the firecrackers are going on underneath him and he was just like tap dancing. (laughs) He like had like, both Jesseldeck, like being between Jesseldeck and TJ is like two sociopaths, two serial killers. (laughs) Four of my best friends who I love dearly, but they are fucking, any two comics are going to become serial killers would be TJ (laughs) and Jesseldeck. So the firecracker are going off they didn't even flinch they were just like oh that's interesting and weird Ah! I was like side of a side of a person who takes cold showers (laughs) you took out firecrackers that you had smuggled in (laughs) and under what context did you throw them at TJ? (laughs) absolutely no context (laughs) Justin Eck was like hey man defend your tweet maybe I'm ruining it because it comes out tomorrow but but this won't be out for a week or so Justin Eck goes uh, hey defend your tweet and he he told TJ the tweet and TJ's like rattling off he like kind of defended his tweet and then like he you know quieted down he's bullshitting and riffing a little bit with just neck towards the end of his tweet defense defense and i was like this sounds like a good idea to." this seems like a good time to light off of 200 black cats i have in my <laughs> pocket and tj thought i was like lighting a joint he was like why is your lighting a joint right now and he's like, "Why is Eric throwing a joint at my feet right now?" I was <laughs> like, He just like, "Wee!" <laughs> Didn't even move. And Justin was just like, "Okay, Eric, let's defend your tweet. <laughs> what? Did even when happen? did the dick come out? It <laughs> came out before cuz we were doing an article about um Um, in Malawi that people are cutting off dicks and selling them to witch doctors. That's like a problem in the country. Oh, no. So uh, TJ brought this prop like Wolverine claw. He brought that the first time he was on. Oh, really? Yeah. He brought it out and he's like, I'm ready to cut off some dicks right now or something like that. And I was like, let me be the first to volunteer or whatever I said. And I thought it would get like a laugh or reaction the whole audience was like grossed out (laughs) and tense. By your human dick. Yeah. And then I tried to go back to like regular material after that. That. I was like, yeah, hey, so anyway, and iPhones are crazy, and the audience was like, oh, we just saw your dick, and we don't like you anymore. And then I was, like, struggling, because I kept, like, trying to do more and more material after I took my dick out, and I was, like, failing. So I was like, better light off these firecrackers. And then the audience was really not on my side. Oh, my God. Yeah, they were like, we're done with this guy. He's a loose cannon. This is dangerous. Oh, man. He pees an electric. Nobody likes yes. that. You can't follow dick you got to close with human should've dick. You should have closed with dick. Yeah, you should have closed badly with dick. I didn't even plan on taking my dick out or, or doing the firecrackers. I just had the firecrackers just in case I wanted to use them. But I was having so much fun up there. That's something was... a guy with a bus pass around his neck would say. I just have these in case I need them. You never know. What is this voice? Oh, God, what is this voice? <laughs> Emily said I have to wear my bus pass around my neck or i lose it. <laughs> Oh my God! Emily says that if I don't keep wearing my bus pass <laughs> on my neck, I lose it, and she hits me. <laughs> I'm scared now. Keep in mind, we love all of the people comedians. Know. We're making people fun know of. that I love, we're, both and we're them. all brothers very deeply. Them, and we've been doing comedy with them for the past decade. So. Yeah, don't don't do this. Like, if you see Kumail, don't do this bit to him. <laughs> I just don't want people to think, like, hey, man, they're talking mad shit about you guys, man. That's some dickhead shit. We just had somebody on this show, Katie, uh, I won't say who it was, but they it was, like, a regular episode and then emailed edits any time they said anything that could have even been interpreted as something negative. You don't because, I was like, people are okay. sensitive or, like, not even the comics are sensitive, but other people will, like... Look for drama and kind of hype up drama, so yeah, yeah. kind of got to be careful. I, I guess yes. now, this TJ <laughs> Eric Andre thing, <laughs> I'm calling it a thing now. Didn't that start with G4? Didn't you guys like host Attack of the Show, yes, and like one up to each other on that? Didn't yes. your dick come out on that my dick as well? Came out on that. You love the dick out, loving the dick out. I only had my dick out twice. I, I think the dick out was like subtly requested by um, uh, Jazzle Offensive people but maybe i'm like made that up in my mind another think- thing a lunatic would <laughs> say it's like i think maybe a producer came in my dressing room come to think <laughs> of it it was chris kringle chris kringle came into my <laughs> dressing room and said you know what would be great eric if <laughs> you, you do go to a dick, for some reason I thought they like alluded to that in the pre-interview, but maybe I'm like now that I'm thinking about it, I totally just made that. <laughs> I felt the pressure to take my dick out on the Neck offensive, but I think I created that pressure. Well, because was it because of TJ? Because you're on a show with TJ, and you guys always do crazy stuff, so you're trying to. One-up That's what each I other. felt. I felt like <clears throat> they wanted us to go on and be crazy. Like you guys are crazy. You got to be going. So I felt like this immense pressure to be crazy, and I was like, I don't want to just be like a. I want to be crazy if it's spontaneously happening. I don't right. want to just be like, hey, be crazy, man. That almost made me want to like shut R- down right, right, and be totally right. normal. Right. But then, uh, I don't know, we were just having so much fun. What was silly. G4? You ju- did you jump into the tree or did... TJ jumped into the tree. But what did you do? Because he was on after you and felt a pressure to out crazy. I, I was getting naked and I did the mangina. Cause also you the- mean you tucked it? I tucked it. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> Mike Costa, my good friend, is was hosting it at the time. So I don't know when I'm feeling having fun. It's it's easier. I I I think I get naked when I'm amongst friends. I want to show Conan my dick. You you almost got naked when we did that Trevor Moore pilot. There was a moment where I thought it was coming out. No 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 no. Yeah no no no. Why not? You said like it was so crazy. You just said like when I'm with friends, I like taking out my dick, and I'm giving you an example of when you were with friends. Oh, that didn't feel like the dick taking out kind of thing. No, I understand. I think the the Jezebel crowd was so rowdy, Jezebel dick, Jezzle dick, <laughs> that they it felt like they wanted take out your Jezzle dick. They didn't want it, They wanted my dick. <laughs> I wanted to see my dick. <laughs> That's an interesting skill as a performer. To be, You were taking their temperature on so many different levels and also have like a dick gauge where you're like, you're at 74% getting this dick. Honestly, I'm so nervous and excited when I'm doing... Television that I just I'm, right. I'm, none of this is really going through my head. It's just like my brain is just like. <laughs> <laughs> well, you? Remember, I, I've said this on the show before. I was the kid at the birthday party when I was little. I realized I would get a laugh if I'd smash my my face into the cake, not the whole cake, but my mm-hmm. piece of cake. Mm-hmm. And then that became my thing. Yeah. And then I actually did it so long that I saw the pressure to do it. Yeah. That's you, what it is. About your pressure to be crazy. I, think I would be at a party. And I was like, but I don't feel it today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I think, I think you got anyway. I think you got to do it when you feel it. And I don't want to be like. That's kind of a cheap. Gag yeah, to keep taking my dick out. Right, I don't I, want that to be like my signature. But you see, I, what something that I truly love about you is. It seems to me that you're making it, and I don't want to dissect the the goose. Let's and, and, the, and lose the song here. But <laughs> that <laughs> is not no, That's a thing. E, I believe e, dissect the goose and, and lose, lose the, the song. song. I can't sing after we cut it open. Uh, I think I'm badly par- uh, paraphrasing E Cummings. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> But uh, I I just remember when I was in college, we talked about uh, improv. Like I was kind of like this local improv celebrity at my college because it was only like 1,100 kids. It was easy Mm. to be a big deal (laughs) at my college. And I was doing improv. And it was a Christian school. And then I remember I would give these like little talks on improv and talk about like the improvisational process and how you have to green light yourself and just Mm. be in the – and then like I would lose the ability to do improv for like roughly a month, you know, maybe not a month. And that's that's when I got afraid of. But I, what I wanted to talk to you about was that you seem to be this person who is, you're, I know you're an atheist, we'll get to that, but you're like a, embracing the absurdity of this life mm-hmm. with everything. Mm-hmm. Like including like being like, I'm going to mash my face in the cake or take my dick out or just be silly and I get excited that things are happening. How deliberate is its is it, it, it? I'm not looking for a manifesto or something, but it seems like you're going. Well, I wrote it and I got the brochure. <laughs> <laughs> I have some pamphlets I want you to read, man. <laughs> getting We're, it, getting it, getting it, getting it. You know? What if I was just like, we're on the precipice of a race war, and the Jews are going <laughs> to shut down the water so not- But you're a, you're like a fun manifesto. You're a fun manifesto. <laughs> I'm just wondering how deliberate is it? Are you raging against the machine of boredom? Uh, That's my question. Yes, I think you are. Right? Yeah. You have you have crazy birthday parties. Yeah. You wear shoes that I, I tried to give you shoes. I <laughs> I don't I don't know. I don't think it's too academic or like thought like, I need to, I need to do this. It's yes. Not that. But it, you're not, I don't think people say they need to do that, be childlike and be silly. But I think they start listening to the voices that say, I need to not do this. Yeah. You know what I mean? What do you mean? You're, I need to not do what? It's not so much that you're yesing your impulses to be a kid. I think we all have those silly impulses. Mm-hmm. I think you're more negating the ones that say you shouldn't do those things. You should yeah. be a grown man. Yeah, you shouldn't live in that weird apartment that you lived in for too long. I gotta get out of there. You're but, still there? Yeah. That was a subtle insult. I gotta get. I, I, I gotta <laughs> get out of there. I, I thought. No, for I actually. Sure. started I just looked at two apartments today. Really? Yeah. Wow. And I looked at a few over the weekend. I just woke up. Yeah. Yeah. So you. <laughs> that's not really true. So uh, you still live in that place. So that's almost like you and TJ have that similar philosophy of like life as a living joke, almost yeah. like, in an anarchist sort of way. He more than me. I look up to him because he is so balls to the wall. He doesn't give a fuck. Every yeah, time yeah. I'm like, oh, I don't give a fuck. I look at him and I'm like, oh, I got to be more like that guy. <laughs> he is fucking crazy. I mean, this is his brain question. exploded. He had like a, uh, an aneurysm or yeah. some type of vessel popped in his mind and he was in the hospital and he was just like, let's get chop it up, get yep. it out. He's yep. like fearless. I'm, and I admire that you know so was much there, about know I was there in the, in the hospital when he got rolled into the surgery where he might die and he was inc- I wish fearless. I had a better story that he was like, you know, just between you and me. There was no moment like that. There was not. He rolled out and was like, yeah, Denver! <laughs> and then they sawed open his brain. And I've told this story many times, but I was the first person to see him after the surgery because I had to leave. So his mother was so gracious and was like, you go, just go say goodbye and then get out of here because I had to get a flight. And I went in and I said, how are you? And he looked at me and made a face and was like, I just had brain surgery. <laughs> and you're asking how? He did a bit. <laughs> his first answer was a bit. I would be like I yeah. saw the face of God. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah, yeah. I'm so happy to be here. He started with bits mm-hmm. and sarcasm. He doesn't. I he's don't think fearless. he sees a difference between being alive and being dead. He's really embraced the idea that we're born dead. Yeah. So there's no difference. Yeah. He's ready to die. He's, he's like re- notorious Big. He's ready to die. Yeah, that's the name of the album, right? Yeah, but that's the thing. It's like the firecrackers. What are you going to do? But TJ's always been that way. Yeah, he's always been untouchable. Yeah, and 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 fearless. Fearless, which is so it can be off-putting. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It's, it's crazy. crazy. Well, you, I've picked his brain so much about it, and I can't anymore because he's, yeah. he's crazy. What do you mean? <laughs> what do you? What did you? How did you phrase that? I don't even remember, but I've had plenty of heart to hearts with him where I'm just like. Especially when I first moved here, I was like, oh, what am I doing? How do I fucking do this? And yeah. he just tell me things like, you know, when you go on an audition, you got to think, like, fuck you to those people. They don't know what the fuck they're doing. So, <laughs> like, just fucking... He's like just go balls out. He told me so have the shit he does in auditions, and it's crazy. Your books costly, and you're another one of the people that I know that are in the TJ philosophy of auditioning. Oh, as oh, am I. I am no. I am t- terrified in auditions. Really, I am like all my uh, all the like fight or flight physical manifestations are happening. Like my throat's closing up, flop sweat. My, I'm holding the paper. My hand shaking. Really? I am. But you like book messed. a lot. Recently. Not, not, not that recently. You've I started meditating. I started meditating and that saved my life. Here we go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This just became my kind of show. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing? Uh, transcendental meditation, man. You have no idea where you are right now. Why? Because you're in my house.
1: I, you, you t- don't even I have
0: told to- you to start meditating. I and you told go, you. And you go, I don't know if I can because if a car drives by or there's a sound outside, it'll distract me. That's, this happened. That's what you told I me like, like, being two called. or three years ago. Then I'm being called on my shit. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm just, and I go, I go, and I didn't really know what to say. Uh, you know, I'm going to quote uh, <laughs> Ky- Kyle Cease, who people often make fun of. You know what I mean? And I, I don't know how I feel about him, but he stopped being a stand up comedian and he's a motivational speaker. But, not, uh, he doesn't do stand up anymore? He only does motivational speaking. Really? And, and he is kind he of. He stand up? Yeah. That's crazy. But he does like humorous motivational talks. Interesting. I think. That's just what I've been told. I I haven't really read up on this, but somebody told me that. So, uh, you know, if somebody hears this or Kyle hears this, I apologize if that's not true. (laughs) But he had a tweet. I must have gotten curious because somebody told me that. So I I don't don't think we've even ever met. I was looking through his tweets and he had one that said, people that say their mind is too uh, crazy to meditate are like fat people saying they're too fat to exercise. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's really interesting. That's a very valid point. Yeah. I don't even know... A it's, a, it's a Vine joke. <laughs> anyway, what I'm saying is, of my own, what I'm saying is, I was wrong. You should have said uh, fat people should exercise, and people who can't tune out a car going by are the first that need to learn how to meditate. Well, yeah, well, you don't need to <clears throat> tune out... a. Uh, Right, a car going by. Yeah, it's, that's it's, the biggest. That's a big misconception. Yes, please. Yeah, yeah. So when did you start doing it? Three, four yeah, years? Oh, uh, I'd say two two years ago. When was it? I'd say two and a half, maybe three years ago. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. See, 2010 that, probably. Was. That was an important lesson for me was I used to meditate in a room. Uh, I sleep. I'm a light sleeper, so I have like a white noise machine and I have the AC on. Mm-hmm. And that's good because they were doing construction on my building this morning and I woke up and I didn't even know. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, hey, the system works. But like I used to meditate under similar circumstances because if I heard anything, mm-hmm. it would take me out of it. Mm-hmm. But now <clears throat> I'm happy to say that when I meditate. Do you do transcendental meditation? What yeah, about? transcendental, yeah. What's your mantra? Did you take a class? You can't sit. That's the, that's the whole thing. You can't. <laughs> Say. That's the joke. You can't say or David Lynch will come out and assassinate you. <laughs> but he'll do it in this weird way where lesbians are fucking in the background. It'll or- take 9 minutes for the <laughs> bullet to pass through you. <laughs> <laughs> it starts a little bullet family in your, in your heart <laughs> I uh, so I do it and, and now yeah Transcendental what I was telling you was that now I, I, I was so proud of myself that one time I was doing it I was pretty deep in already I don't know if I could have been doing it and while my neighbor na- but then my neighbor started playing music while I was already kind of in the zone mm-hmm. didn't bother me in the least mm-hmm. I, because because and I've talked to, the, uh, to Duncan Trestle about this on his podcast and on this podcast it's come up. But it, it, what it is to me is it helps me appreciate the waking world as if I were dreaming. Mm-hmm. And if you were in a dream and your neighbor was playing music – that would be fascinating. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't be annoyed by that. You'd be like, there's a person down there mm-hmm. and they like maroon five. <laughs> That's crazy. And I can hear it. Like everything can become fascinating if you get in that nice little pocket. Yeah. Well, they say like d- outside distracting noise, like you're supposed to think thoughts while you're meditating. It's part of it. It's fine. Right. And like the noise, outside noise or anything like that is just another thought and let, you know, allow yourself to go back. To the surface yes. and then just start the mantra again yeah back down, blah, blah, i'm blah. glad you're getting that out there because i think a lot of people think meditation is like holding their breath it's like don't think don't think don't think don't think you yeah I mean? but it's not yeah in fact i i don't write down things while i'm meditating but often when i'm done i'll scramble to write something down. i think people think it's like new agey or they think it's like a, a religious cult or something like that too um um and it is. All those things are true. <laughs> I have some pamphlets I'd like you to read. <laughs> and a <fun> festo <laughs> And a festo. Getting it. Getting it. Getting it. Getting it. Getting it on. Jamaica. Uh, Jamaica. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I'm not religious, you know, and I, I meditate and I'm not t- terribly new agey. Although yeah. you got me drinking wheatgrass and... We'll get to that. And I'm, a blue algae. There's no way we're not going to get to I know that. my mom's going to make fun of me as soon as I tell her. I can't wait to hear that. I want <laughs> I want you to record it so I can hear it. I'm wondering, I, I told... My mom, I, I told my mom, I was like, I started seeing a therapist. She's like, oh, California's getting to you. I was Isn't like, your mom the Jewish one? Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm also like, neurotic and crazy. It would have been no mattered what state <laughs> I'm in. She's like, I get it. L.A., cowabunga. <laughs> <laughs> I was like... Ah, all right. As I was harvesting my own wheatgrass, listen to that. I had a tray of it. I bought a tray of it, and I was cutting it. I almost made a find about me being like, people say I've gone all L.A., and I don't know what they're talking about as I'm refrigerating wheatgrass. I'll tell you this. So two, a few days ago, I told Pete, we were doing the Trevor Moore pilot for um, uh, True TV, and I was like, I'm tired all the time during the day, especially after lunch. I have a huge, like... Just I feel exhausted until, like, 10 o'clock at night. It's not just, like, an hour or two, like, post-lunch slump. It's, like, I'm just, like, so tired throughout the day. I feel like I'm tired more often than... Yeah. And you, Peter, said uh, you do a shot of wheatgrass and a shot of blue algae every day or something like that. <laughs> yeah, 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 And I was, like... But you weren't the first person to tell me that. And I was, like, yeah, you know, I've heard that. I don't know, da-da-da. The next day, I went and d- did it. I-, I think I did shots of wheatgrass before just sporadically. Yeah. And it made me feel queasy, but you said that's like detoxing. You or made a like... really funny joke because I said to you, "I said it's not you that doesn't like the wheatgrass." This was so funny. I thought about you saying this again. It's not you that doesn't like the wheatgrass. It's the toxins in your body that are dying and actually like repelling and 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 sending messages like "stop doing this." <laughs> and you go, "So says the wheatgrass salesman." <laughs> it's like the perfect. Sa- it's like it's not gross. It's the things in your body that don't like it, and you want those out of there. But they say it gets better, and it does. You yeah. Like, you start you start liking. It's not that you just acquire the They say it's not that you just acquire the taste. It's that you start craving it. Then. Yeah. I, you got to so, do it regularly. So, yeah. So, I went the next day to a juice place to the shadowy grass, did a shot of, grass, the shot of uh, E3, E3 yep. the blue algae. Totally had tons of energy yeah. the rest of the day. And then I've Bam. done it almost every day. I think yesterday I skipped, but I've done it every day since. This is crazy. Yeah. I'm so happy. Yeah. First of all, I just love your open heart that you were even willing to do that. I know maybe I'm reading you too much You weren't the first person that. that told me that. And like I kept hearing that. And I was drinking green juices for... Dan Curry, my writing partner, was giving me green juice every day. He makes it at home, and he'd bring it to set before yeah. Eric Undersher because I was yeah. like, I can't be guzzling caffeine all the time because right? season one, I was just... Guzzling caffeine eating excedrin and like it would only help the first half of the day and then the second half of the day I'd be a zombie mm. So he was like all on this green juice kind of kick So I've just been trying to yeah do that. I love caffeine, but I think it's a drug and I think I'm addicted to it I, I'm like a cokehead of caffeine. I'll tell you so in my own little and wheatgrass is kind of new for me, too. Bit, but I, I like like everything, like Katie, I, I always remember one time Katie laughed at me, and you should, because I was talking about how I was really into yoga, and then I was like, I've been watching movies about yoga. <laughs> like, I'm like an intense person. Like, I guess if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. Yeah, yeah. So I'm wheatgrassing, or whatever yeah. you want to call it, and I'm reading a book called the wheatgrass book <laughs> yeah. and i'm buying trays of the shit like yeah. i'm not even like going to the store i'm like it's extreme it's, yeah. it's a little bit uh maybe addictive or something i don't know but i've been doing it for like three days or whatever and then i went on the road and i didn't have any for two days and then i came back yesterday and i did like a four i do like four ounces of it which is a decent amount what is that you is might want to just try drinking more that's that's more like eight ounces or six ounces this is like four maybe okay it's like four shots it's like four shots. Most people do one ounce. Uh-huh. But some, you know, it doubles two ounces. It's not too crazy. But when I go in a juice bar and I say, give me four ounces, they ask if I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so I do that. Why are you going so extreme? I, because, I'll tell you. Because <laughs> I spend most of my day... Even though we're both, like, fairly confident put-together people, I would say, right? <laughs> Why are you oh, laughing? There's ups and downs. Yeah, there are <laughs> ups and downs. But then I spend a bulk of my day knowing what I'm supposed to be doing and, like, not being able to do it mm-hmm. because of one reason or another, like, anxiety. Mm-hmm. Or just, like, I know, like, sometimes you see three things and you can't just pick one, so you do yeah, none of them. Right. Exactly. You know what I mean? I'm going through that now. Exactly. I have, like, a board. I have a little bulletin board Eric, with, that's... like, 20 note cards on yep. it. And I'm just, like, every day I'm just, like... Ha! Ah, <laughs> I better just check my emails. I'm just like getting refresh on my email. I can't even check emails. I, have, I don't reply to emails anymore. I have to be texted or told in person something to, for me to hear it these days. It's so crazy. But it's because why we're overwhelmed. You keep saying fight or flight, we're yeah. fight or flight. So I'm starting to work on the show, and you're working on your show, and we get over, you get overwhelmed or whatever. Mm-hmm. Again, champagne problems, and I understand that. I do this wheatgrass. Look, I'm the guy from the wild west that believes that the, the tonic works you know what I mean I'm the reason why those tonics at the back of the wagon that the mom and pop sold I'm the guy that's like I wasn't even like, a plant like the, like the like, elixirs yeah the elixirs yeah. I'm like I can see better yeah, yeah. I'm very suggestible and all that sort of stuff mm-hmm. but I'm telling you the truth so I do this four ounce wheatgrass shot yesterday and I had what I will can only describe as too much energy so much so that like it was like a fucking is rec- sugar why, for a dream. why is there so much energy what's going on it's sugar. chlorophyll it's not sugar what is it's it? not sugar at all. What you should it? read the wheatgrass <laughs> book, my friend. What is it? It's not. It's chlorophyll. It's the wheatgrass. <laughs> <laughs> you are the king. I love that you're doing it, and also kind of like I think it's just a sugar rush. I love that about I mean, you. No, but what is it? Like what's it's going on? It's chlorophyll. You're eating sunlight, and it's just giving you a shot of yes. I'm not going to be they, able to summarize they, it perfectly. They, but they froze light, light particles for a minute. They did. These scientists, yeah. Recently. Yeah. What? Yeah. They froze light? That mm-hmm. sounds pretty crazy. They froze a beam of light. Well, I, I can't speak to that, but what I can tell you about wheatgrass is <sighs> it's the highest source of chlorophyll. Like, it's the easiest way to get chlorophyll in it. And chlorophyll is basically like sunlight. It's like why we're here. The plant. Is that why we're getting energy? It, you're not even getting energy as much as you're like rejuvenating your blood. The, the DNA is? of chlorophyll found in wheatgrass and the DNA of, of human blood is, like, shockingly similar. So it's, oh. like, you're, it's like a blood transfusion. <laughs> That's what it is. But Kobe and all those motherfuckers get blood transfusions because this is how it makes really? you feel, allegedly really blood and trans- and I'll tell you one better hardcore. that some of those like weird juice bars and stuff in LA I've heard also allegedly do that sort of shit like back, back alley sort of stuff back alley because blood trans- ali- transfusion yeah it's illegal that's yeah. fucking disgusting yeah I know I, wait well, what's illegal a blood transfusion yeah you can't get a recreational blood transfusion Oh, you can get it if you're like dying. You can get angry. one if you're dying, but you, you can it, you can but... lose your medical license if you were just I'm feeling sluggish and I was like, "What are you A positive? Here's some here's some kids' blood." <laughs> That's basically what it is. But fuck that. That's crazy. I took that and it was That's like, "That's crazy." I know. That's blowing my mind. But, <laughs> well, you're on the right podcast. So I drank that stuff, and then next thing I knew, I was cleaning my shower. Look, I've also taken wheatgrass (laughs) and had no like no real effect. But I had also took mushrooms, and you thought a dog was (laughs) Satan barking bees at me. That's a Simpsons reference, I think. Barking bees, the dogs that bark bees. Uh, We should talk about mushrooms and all that sort of stuff. I already wrote down. I'm going tubing on the Kern River this weekend. I was thinking about eating some. Mushrooms. Spend. That's amazing. But then I was like, I might freak out. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not one of those people. First of all, I haven't done mushrooms in a very long time, but I love them. But I'm also not one of those people that like, you hear those stories like, Jimmy got in the cab and just then he decided to eat mushrooms. We were on the way to his driving test. You know what I mean? Just like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, I respect psilocybin. I do. You go to the fucking woods with yeah. people that you love. Yeah, I have a yeah. rule. If you're not comfortable crying in front of I them. I gave you that rule. Then thank you for that rule. that rule, Thank you. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry for not crediting I, I, I know. you. No, <laughs> because you were like, I taught you to meditate, man. <laughs> I was the one that told you. <laughs> and you're like, listen, man, I got this rule. Eric, <laughs> I, owe <you> a, <laughs> I owe you a, I owe you a Glazer level apology. Can, <laughs> you can't cry in front of him. So anybody I'm like, I told you that. <laughs> Who can keep track of when you hear this shit? Not me. I, I owe you a Glazer level <laughs> you're a apology. You're a lunatic. I, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going to see you on stage. You're going to be like, man, I'm black and Jewish. Get it, get me on! I told Eric Andre to say that. But it's about my life. Uh, my father's Asian. <laughs> you, you put in one word and all and 500 words come back. That's a the joke about the, the internet. You told me you <laughs> ate mushrooms. There was a dog barking. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. You yes, made yes. yourself throw up. You were still tripping. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> that were was people the... that you knew, but they were they were more acquaintances than close, 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 close friends. Yes. And I said, yes. if you can't feel comfortable crying in front of them, you can. don't eat mushrooms. <laughs> well, thank you. Because you might need to go there. Right. And then if you don't feel comfortable, that's, and while you're tripping, it's going to feel really intense right, and right, right, awful. Right. I remember having weird, uh, like, they felt like revelations that I was like, I don't trust these people. Like, <laughs> and that's one of the worst feelings oh, you can get. Oh, that's not good. Because... Here's something that I bring up about drugs all the time. Was like, first of all, I'm, I'm not like huge into them, but when you're on them, you think what you're thinking is true. Mm-hmm. Like you think you'd be able to be like, I'm on mushrooms. Mm-hmm. That's stupid, mm-hmm. but you can't. Yeah, that well, guy left. I think, <laughs> I think mushrooms, <laughs> mushrooms make you like, <laughs> like it's like as if you're viewing the world and you're like, this is the world. This is it. Yeah. This is what it's about. This is all the things I that are going on, but I'm not picking up on them, right. I'm only on the surface and you're, you're getting deep and introspective when yes. on mushrooms. and everything you're thinking, I would wager, except when you're having weird paranoia like I was, is true. You feel when like you're a are amount of weight to everything that you're thinking. That's taking. right. But when you look at the bark of a tree and you're like this is a masterpiece. Yeah. yeah it yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and when you have thought, I was on mushrooms once and I looked at an airplane going by and I was like there's like 150, 200 people reading magazines. <laughs> In the sky. (laughs) Yeah. And it didn't like freak me out. It made me like well up a little bit. I felt like overwhelmed Mm -hmm. with beauty. Mm -hmm. And that's how the world is. Unfortunately, there's so much happening. Yeah. We can't wonder in enough of the things. It it would be all that we did. Yeah. So and that's why we put those things aside. We put the childish things aside and we work at H and R Block. Yeah, then we eat mushrooms in the woods. And then you eat mushrooms in the woods every once in a while and you remember that Uh, you're in God's pocket. You don't, as an atheist, you don't feel a God feeling when you're on them? Well, I would say, I I tell people that I'm agnostic when I'm in a good mood and I'm an atheist when I'm in a bad mood. Because I feel like this, I go, um, if you ask me, like, if there was a divine force that was like, I have to create the universe and I have to create... And then within that universe, I'm going to just create one tiny little like marble that has like a bunch of people on it. And then I want those people to like constantly worship me. Like I don't see what that divine uh, being's motivation for any of that is. Yep. So to me, I just feel like I was like, uh, I I feel like people are just looking for meaning, f- meaning to their existence in a meaningless existence and then with all that said, who the fuck am I? Who, what the fuck do I know? Sure. What the fuck am I talking about? Nope. So that's where the agnosticism comes in. Because it's like, I don't know if that, any of that exists. I don't think that exists. That's my atheism. Yeah. But then I go, but what the fuck do I know? Who knows? Oh, I could be in the fucking... Matrix. I could be in the matrix. Yeah. But I, I, I think... think so it's like I have both of those I, kind of things. But I love that. again. I but love- you're super religious, or you were super religious. Yes. Now you're spiritual. Yeah, I guess I hate that term, but yeah. But um, I'm, what, what's your? I'm a Christ-leaning uh, seeking person. What did you? What did you? You went through all the. You went through transformation, though. Yeah, but don't do that. I mean, but I, you did. I'll talk about when this. you <laughs> when you grew up. You were super devout. Yeah, Chris, Christian. But that's one you of the back, that's, thats one of the backbones of my thing—is that I knew when I was in the in the heart of my belief that I didn't truly believe that you, Eric Andre, were going to burn forever in conscious <laughs> torment. I do believe that. I Eric. do believe that now. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that—that that was that was the beginning of the degradation of my faith. Was I was like, I know when I was converting people and witnessing to people that in my heart of hearts I didn't think that they were actually—I didn't think that was true. It didn't. You were converting people. I mean, like, casually. It was, it was like... Hey, man, what are you doing later? It was Freddy. maybe... La- <laughs> you want to believe in Jesus? Or <laughs> I was just writing... A movie? I was writing it on a frisbee and throwing it to them and being like, just see how that feels. Put on those Birkenstocks, walk in his shoes, he'll now, carry you. Did you see Zeitgeist? Of course. Now, what did you think of that? I love that, but let me... Can I address one yes. of the things that you just said? Yes. I uh, I think questioning God, a conscious living lifeguard God, meaning... The closer I, – I think it's very condescending to say, I don't believe in a man in the sky. Yeah, yeah. But people do believe in a conscience, a conscious God that's watching mm-hmm. and caring and invested in the narrative of this marble, as you so eloquently put, this marble in the middle of a multiverse that just, mm-hmm. as far as we can tell, is never-ending and expanding. Mm-hmm. So that's insane. Mm-hmm. But the, then you, what you said was the beginning – really the beginning of me questioning faith was going, God, who is incredible – Mm-hmm. made this thing. And then when people are like, God wants you to praise him, mm-hmm. or God wants you to not shoplift, mm. I was like, it's an interesting thing to, um, what's it called when you turn a thing into a person? Metamorphosis? something. Like, it's not that. Personification? But, mm, it's one of those, but it's not those. It doesn't matter. Turn a thing into a person. Anthropomorphize, maybe? Sure. So we're taking God and we're, we're giving him human attributes, saying mm-hmm that he doesn't like it Mm -hmm. when you sin, Mm -hmm. meaning this perfect, infinite, omnipresent consciousness is upset that I stole Pop Rocks? Like that twinged him? Like Jonathan Edwards, the the theologian, talked about holding you like a spider. God had you in his hand like a spider over the fireplace, and we keep biting his hand. And he wants to dump us in the fire badly, but his grace stops him. I was like... Who the fuck am I to be able to bite the hand of perfection? Yeah, yeah. I can annoy and yeah. pester the perfect being? Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. That, so I loved what you said. Yeah. And I'm hip to that. Yeah. But I'm, I also think we might be stuck inside of God. I think all of this might be God. That's my, my latest new ageiness. Do you think it's a there's a divine spirit that constantly want, wants to be worshipped? No. See, that's the other thing. I'm. So, I'm glad you brought that up. I, li- that I like. I like it when you sing as the deer. That's one of my favorite songs. Sing it to me. That's what? A, that's a praise song. That's that's also like a, that image of kind of like a, a needy guy, like, like a like comedian yeah, seems, that's like it, needs laughter all the time. Yeah, yeah. That's what. That's where I like can't. That's what I can't get past. Like I feel weird. like it's like a master-slave relationship. Like it's like right. there's this thing that created you without. You are asking to be created, but it also is super needy and constantly wants. Are we are we down the wrong no, right. track? No, on this, this is podcast? right. No, this podcast. Should we back up and you've get never the fuck listened out of to this here? podcast? That's obvious because this is I have. the track. I've Hopefully. listened to everyone. Yeah, <laughs> I have. God doesn't like it when you lie. Who has that bit? where he goes, Jesus died for your sins. I didn't ask him to. I forget who has that. (laughs) Mort Saul? I don't know. What is that? That's borscht (laughs) I didn't ask him to. Shecky, Shecky Greenberg. That's what you're saying is, look, I believe that uh, God being a creative force might get pleasure in us Being these things that are errant and can make mistakes and can fuck each other like over Mm -hmm. and, and kill each other and can get, and there might be the the needle going towards light or dark. Mm -hmm. That might be a good or a bad thing. And that we have the ability because of our darkness to create and to transcend things. That's Mm -hmm. the gift of our free will. I can kill you, Eric, or, you know, or, I can love you. That is, you. like, so fucked up. I you know. just say that. Or I can love you. So I understand that that doesn't necessarily please him the way, like, a s'mores pleases me, <laughs> but pleases this participation that we're all involved in, which is, which is what we, for lack of a better term, call God, meaning there's divinity in you and mm-hmm. there's divinity in me, and I can look for it and highlight it and bring it out, or I can hide it and, and kill people and be an asshole. So what do, do you think... Zeitgeist Jesus. Oh, yeah, Zeitgeist Jesus, but... Praising. Praising him. What is that? this divine, omnipresent being's yes. motivation for anything?
1: Great. For anything. For, Great. For, for, for existence. Beautiful
0: question. <clears throat> and where was it? Like, I, I'm one of those people that, like, I'll I'll go eighth grade style and be like, what was here before it? Like, I, I remember yeah, right. my brother saying, I believe in God because I don't believe in, uh, something can come from nothing. Mm-hmm. And I was like... It doesn't really work for me. Yeah. That sounds like a thought that would be right up my alley, but it's not. Because, like, God was always. always that, just that thought is like, he was always? Yeah, yeah. Or it was always? Or whatever you want to say. What? So there was never a point where it wasn't? Right. It was never created? Is this, you know, is this just one who thing? Who created God? At, who created God? That's what I'm saying. Where yeah. does it stop? Our brains can't handle it, so we go, God always was. And then he made this because that's his divine pleasure. Mm -hmm. And that's his nature. Mm -hmm. But, like, I'm with you. What is the motivation of making it? And then Mm -hmm. what is the motivation of punishing people? As I've always said, uh, you know, I've I've thought about, and I'm quoting Rob Bell a little bit here, who's a wonderful guy, talking about, like, things you do in a finite amount of time. Let's say you live till you're 50, the sins you did then, and then I'm going to punish you forever because of those things. Mm -hmm. Forever. Mm -hmm. What pleasure does that serve? Mm -hmm. Or or let people be in paradise forever? It's weird. I don't know the motivation of God. I don't. And that's a huge fucking burden that yeah. both of us have. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. What is this? Yeah. What is this? Yeah. That's why, see, I'm working on this bit, and maybe you could help me. I'm, I'm, I'm sincerely asking for help. Because the bit is, science leaves me cold because we're analyzing it from inside of it. Okay? And I've said this on other episodes, so forgive me. So scientists are using their, their brains and their minds and their tools to analyze the universe as we know it that's a part of the universe analyzing the universe you can't separate yourself enough from your participation within it mm-hmm. to analyze it you can't step outside of it you're always going to be in it mm-hmm. your thought your hypotheses your fantasies about what it could be to be outside of it are always limited by the fact that you're in it mm-hmm. and i did this bit so trust me there's some punchlines in there and someone yelled out and i actually really appreciated it they went quantum physics they like, it was like a heckle. It was the first time quantum physics was said as a heckle. I always get, yeah, I always get that as a heckle. By some fucking drunk. Yeah, quantum physics, bitch! <laughs> but as soon as they said that, I was like, I hope they're right. I, I th- What I've learned on, on of quantum physics, it does get my dick hard. I do enjoy it. <laughs> But at the end of the day, I'm still kind of like... I. Is quantum physics looking at the universe outside of the universe? How does that... I don't even know. I don't even know what quantum physics is. I know what quantum leap is. (laughs) (laughs) What I've learned in quantum physics, I I forget pretty quickly after because I can't uh, fully wrap my brain around it. But I don't want ignorance to be the reason that I go on stage and tell people something that's not true. But that is how I feel. You know what I mean? Wait, what, what do you mean? I feel like the only correct response to this universe is to surrender and be like, I have no fucking clue. It's really so are you, fun to freeze Do you consider yourself a- agnostic or a deist or a theist or... Yeah I, think I, yeah, I think I believe in some sort of God thing. You're like a deist. A deist, yeah. Yeah. Like Ben Franklin. Yeah. But I'm completely open to being wrong. Which would be a, a really weird joke that you don't even get to see the punchline to. Yeah, yeah. You just die and it's over. What you know? about po- polytheism? Could you do you believe in like could could you believe in many competing s- spirits? Or it's interesting. I mean, I don't know. The books that uh if you started crying right now, pulling your eyes out, <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> it would be, that would be, it would blow my mind. <laughs> and Then I tell you I'm on mushrooms. <laughs> well, look, man, I'm. i'm <laughs> Hey, mushrooms! Right before I got here yeah, they just kicked right during this conversation. So super mushroomy conversation. This is a mushroomy conversation, and I'm talking too much. What I, I want to know, wh- I'm we talking you about this book, man. Which one? called "You Will Die: The Burden of Modern Taboos." It has nothing to do. with You what will we're die. Talking. Yeah, it has nothing to do with what we're talking about. Well, a little bit, but it's more. But well, it does, though. But tell me what you it, mean. He just talks about um <laughs> "You Will Die" <laughs> yeah. is the name of the book. Yeah, it talks about. He. Ta- it, it's called "You Will Die: The Burden of Modern Taboos," but he talks all <clears> about <throat> um, the war on drugs and how. Um, how drugs are so demonized, but they're actually, he goes, they're actually overrated. Drugs aren't even that, anything crazy. And they were all legal until 1915 or something like that. But like Hmm. the rate of addiction didn't go up or down when they were made illegal. Alcohol is just as dangerous as, nicotine is the most addictive drug and that's legal. He talks about like, the hoopla around demonizing drugs and how like, not that bit. What makes them worse is that they are illegal, and if they were legal, they'd I just be safer and healthier. I just watched How to Make Money Selling Drugs. Did you watch that? No. It's really interesting. What is that? It's on uh, Apple TV, maybe Netflix. <laughs> how to Make Money Selling Drugs is a it's thing? It's literally a movie that step by step teaches you how to sell drugs. Is it a documentary? It's a documentary. but. What? The whole undercurrent of it is the war on drugs is bullshit. Mm -hmm. Drugs are bad. It'll probably kill you. Mm -hmm. Like, dealing them will kill you or Mm -hmm. ruin your life. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's it's tongue-in-cheek. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? But it's never really that tongue-in-cheek. It actually respects you enough to be like, you decide. We're telling you that you can do this Mm -hmm. and you can be a pawn. This is what you'll make. This is what you'll do. These are the risks. But, you know, if you're watching and you're like me, you're like, well, I'm not going to. You know, I I, love- I want to get those coca leaves that they sell at the Peruvian grocery stores downtown and try to make my own cocaine. Really? Yeah. I don't even like cocaine. I just want to make my, try to make my (laughs) own. So you can have it? Yeah. It's funny that we live in such a world filled with processed things and I have no idea what processing looks like. Yeah. Like cocoa leaves being processed. They say like if you go on a hike in like Peru or whatever and they stuff them in their cheek for Mm -hmm. energy, Mm -hmm. but that's not cocaine. You need to process it to get the coke out of it or whatever. Do you want to, do you want to try it with me? No, I I, I never (laughs) want to do cocaine. You've never done it once? No. I actually don't think you'll like it. I don't think I'd like it either. I'll tell you why. I just told you I did wheatgrass and started cleaning my bathroom. No, no, no. That's the thing. I thought I, it took me a while. It took, it took me a while to try it. That's a good kitty laugh. That's a big one. Those are like earthquakes. You got to measure them. <laughs> it took me a while to um, try Coke, and because I was like, oh, I'm this hyper extroverted guy. I'm gonna love it, and I'm gonna be like Robin Williams in the '70s, and be like, total cocaine meditation. He's like, oh, Eric Andre. <laughs> And most anticlimactic drug experience of my entire life. Really? The most anticlimactic. It was a little bit weaker than coffee. No. I, w- I would have... I'm not even look. a Coke person. I've never done it. I have no I reason to say this. Had you had m- to have had bad shit. I have had... <laughs> and I've tried it like 200, 300 times since. <laughs> no. I, uh, no, but, but, but you've I've done it like it. a handful of times. A noseful? It's only... <laughs> I'm hyper, so it's really like giving a hyper kid Ritalin. People think, oh, you must be crazy on coke, but it like makes me just like, hey, how are you? Hey, man, we should exchange emails sometime. It, <laughs> like, it makes me the most bland, boring dude on earth, and it just makes me a little bit less drunk. It's like weaker than coffee, swear to God. For you? For me. Some I... people love it. I think my, my friends that do love it are more introverted. And uh, it gets them to come out of their shell. See, I think you and I are similar in that way. I don't like. I'm already extroverted. It makes me less drunk if I'm drinking and I do a little toot toot. Uh, <laughs> it like sobers me up. I don't know. I just don't. I just never clicked with the a little toot toot. <laughs> it never. It never rocked my. What is your drug? World. Uh, Molly, on the other hand, and acid are fantastic. You like acid more than mushrooms. I think so because acid is more crazy, but I think mushrooms are safer Uh huh. because I had a friend that lost his mind on acid, so it's like forever tainted. He had a psychotic break that he never returned from. Who? Yeah. I always friend hear about that. But he did like acid all the fucking time. Yeah, constant acid. Just uh, constantly What eating. about that it's- basketball coach? We always talk about him. He did acid every day for 30 days. Acid. Bill Jackson. Phil, Jackson, Phil, Phil Jackson, <laughs> a nerd ass. and he said that he got basketball. He was like at the end of it. He was like, "I understand basketball," and then he went and won all those championships. That's incredible. It is incredible. I think that's great. But I'd rather the hear guy. It. Do you know the guy that discovered? The double helix of DNA, the shape of DNA, yeah. discovered it on acid. Did you know Mike durnt wrote Longview when he was on acid? I don't know who that is yep. or what nope. that is. I'm going to let people Let's talk about that. Bill Jackson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tell me about your friend because I, I've i always heard Oh that man, hippies will tell you that those stories are manufactured, that they're not nope. true. No, he definitely ate a ton of shitty paper acid, just... Um, that I'm sure had fucking strychnine or rat poison in it or said, I, who knows just like trailer park acid that he ate all the time, like candy in high school. And he had a psychotic break. I mean, he thought that he thought his neighbor, I mean the classic psychotic break, he thought his neighbors were conspiring. He thought he could hear his neighbors through his wall conspiring against him. He thought that my dog was talking to him. It, like, son of Sam, like kind of. I'm waiting for like, it. he thought it was a glass of orange juice. That's yeah, classic. it's like it, I wouldn't believe me if I was hearing this. Right. Um And uh, he just was acting totally weird. He just had, was like had dementia. You know what I mean? He, he paranoid, thought my dog was talking, thought people were talking about him. He came. He was the drummer in my band in high school, and he it started by acid with, was your Yoko. Yes, it was really the yoga. Fuck the band. <laughs> he goes, we were like all smoking pot on my porch, and he was like, hey, I know you guys are talking shit about me, and I don't appreciate it. That was like the first red flag, and we we all were like, what are you talking about? He's like, no, I hear you guys like whispering under your breath, like you're talking shit about me, like you don't have to say that, and we were, we thought he was joking, and then it like kept happening day after day, and then we we're like, oh, is like crazy, and huh. then what made me want to bleep out his name? I don't know if I can say his name. Or um, and then um, to you, man, we're going to leave that shit in. <laughs> and uh and he, yeah, it just got crazier. He said my dogs were talking to him. His neighbors were conspiring to kill him through the walls, and blah 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 blah. And then he got his mom checked him into the psych ward, and then they put him on a ton of antipsychotic medication, and You know, there was ups and downs, and he got better, but he never went back to being normal. Like, he never, he's just always been really super weird and odd, and it's almost like he's a different person now. He used to be the really cool kid. He was, like, into, like, we're all into the same music. We would listen to, like, Wu-Tang and Primus and all this stuff. And he was just a cool guy that you could talk to, just a friend, you know? And then uh, after that, even when he stopped uh, having, like, dementia, he just was, like, odd and, like. Kind of slow and Mm. weird. I don't know how to describe it, but never the same. Never the same. Never the same. But you know, see, he was also doing. uh, I feel like abusing acid and eating God knows whose acid from God knows where. You know what I mean? Like you got to be careful if you're licking a tab from Satan's asshole. (laughs) Yeah, this will do. I kind of, you know, it's such a scary drug to me. There's almost part of me that, like, uh, admires the abandon, just the pure. I think who fucking cares? I'm going to be on acid all the time. I know. I think if you just do a hit of acid once in a while, it's totally fine. If you do a hit every day from God knows where. Yeah, but what if you get that God knows? See, that's the thing is ecstasy. Everybody, like, you're talking about Molly or MDMA. I don't think he got, I don't think, I think it was. built up over time because even before that he would tell me once in a while you do think it was built up over time yeah i don't think it was the one hit right by itself because i remember him telling me before he went crazy he was like sometimes when i close from all the acid i've done sometimes when i close my eyes i see like a sea of people and I was like, man, that's crazy. But it was just like, he's mm. my crazy friend. He wasn't, like, literally crazy yet. And then right. he had a break, and then he never recovered. So, yeah, I don't I don't like that stuff. Also, you know, <laughs> he, he did it that. hundreds of times, and he might have had, like, some uh, disposition, predisposition? Yeah. Pre- pre- predisposed to. Anthropomorphize. Anthropomorphize. <laughs> metamorphosis, um, metamorphosis uh, um, uh, Bill Jackson kind of uh, <laughs> brain disorder you know I don't know but yeah I, it, but here's it the, definitely it wasn't a guy that just ate acid casually once in a while it was like psychotic episodes can be brought on by ecstasy though if, especially if they have speed in them and stuff you know uh, always know your dealer and don't take more than you can handle that's what I learned from a Mr. Show sketch <laughs> but it's true I mean I, I don't buy from the creep off the street I think I I get it from a friend who's taken whatever I've, I'm about to take and I'm like hey how is it and they're like it's good I had it last night it was amazing right and I'm like okay great here's 20 bucks right thank you so do you much have, do you have a good acid st- I love acid stories uh the one that always kept, I've only yeah. played golf on acid I've never played golf not hallucinating well, once on mushrooms. Two <laughs> times on acid, once on mushrooms. You, as an afro, half black, half Jew at a country club on acid. <laughs> Me and Nick Rutherford took I wish. <laughs> Played golf, chased a skunk for most of the time. We were like, it's a skunk, man. It's beautiful. I don't even care I if it wish sprays us. We're like were crusty carrying white people going, Who are these ruffians? Get them out of here. I wish I did it, yeah. ask, I did ask it in in Westchester <laughs> up in uh, uh Saxon Woods Golf Club. We dropped ass me and my directors uh for the Eric Andrew show, Andrew Cattao. And we um we dropped it, and then like we were surrounded by like not Jersey Shore, like older Jersey Shortish type of people going, "You can't! This isn't the golf course to learn on, guys! You gotta play because we sucked." And we were like jamming up like everybody behind us that wanted to play through, and we we're like, "Oh, sorry, we're tripping!" And these people have like crazy. You told them we're cor- tripping. No, no, I didn't say that. Ah. I, I was just like, I, I just like, was ah. apologizing. They had crazy like spray on tans and like ah. they're really aggressive and uh, this monster's weird. chasing just you monsters. basically. And <laughs> then you're like, where's that skunk? He'll get us out of here. This random, this random middle-aged Japanese guy ran up to us and the guy who worked at the place was like, sir, sir, chasing him. He was like, sir, sir, you can't play alone. And he was like, he spoke very little English. She's like, Oh, I'm with these three. And he just latched onto us and he was an amazing golfer. And he was just our Sherpa through the trip. Because we just made sure we caught up like kept up with him. And he was just like unamazing. He didn't care how long we took. He was just smoking cigarettes and like just an He amazing... showed up out of nowhere. Showed up out of nowhere. You played with Bagger Vance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he just was he was amazing, and we just made sure we kept up with him and kind of followed him, and he was like our Sherpa through this golf course while we were that must hallucinating. That felt so fun when was, you found him. <laughs> Your <laughs> golf best. friend. It was their the golf friend. And, yeah. <laughs> and he just disappeared. Yeah. And he's waving at you on the beach. That <laughs> happened to me at Bonnaroo. I, I candy flipped for the first time. I took acid and molly, and this guy came out. Of no, we don't even know... How this guy started hanging out with us, we can't remember, like, the point where he met up with us, but we kept calling him the rabbit, and he had overalls with no shirt on underneath, and a red bandana. He was, like, this Appalachian like go, like he was he, he wasn't a good old boy he was just like a country country boy and he was like hey man and he just like died his <laughs> through. His trip he's like y'all need some waters and he just had a little doozer light on his head uh. and he just made sure like we had water and all of our group stayed together and then as soon as we the sun came up and we kind of stopped tripping he was like thank you so much i've been relieved of my duties and he walked off and vanished and we were like i don't even know <laughs> me and my friend christian were like i don't even know that guy existed <laughs> We don't remember when he came into the fold. He helped us out the whole time. The sun came up. He, like, bowed, and he took off. It was amazing because we were, like, out of our minds. That's a special thing. This kid came up to me, and he goes, this 18-year-old kid came up to me. He goes, this is before I started tripping. He goes, hey, man, I don't know if I'm tripping balls or are you Eric Andre? And I was like, I am he. Let me buy some acid off you. And he gave me three hits of acid with, like, SpongeBob SquarePants on him. And I like turned to my friend Christian and I was like, I'm gonna take one, you take this other one, and who should this one go to? And he grabbed the two and just like popped them in his mouth. He was like <laughs> Well, you're gonna fucking be on Planet Zebulon in a little bit. Gulp! I took my hit. We're eating Molly. I'm going up to kids, asking them for more Molly. As I'm, eating. I'm like, have you seen where there's any Molly lying around? You're just eating the powder Molly, I'm like the powder. fun dip. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as I'm asking them if they know where Molly is, and then pretty lights came on. This band, and we thought we were at another band. We thought we were at Animal Collective, and we went to Planet Zebulon. Christian described it as. Um, Thought, old two hit. He old two hit thought he was in he thought he was in the Google new Google Maps program. <laughs> he was like, I'm inside Google Earth. And Google is like zapping me with like information about maps. <laughs> <laughs> free podcast. People just download the show for free. He was just like pew pew pew. I know what he means. He was stuck in Google, in Google Maps. So he had a good time. Yeah, you, you had a good time. You don't have bad times when you do them together. You're just feeling like you're feeling euphoria. Well, that's what I think. That's what it's important to take Molly while you trip because so you don't go to a dark place. Molly keeps you in a very lovey... happy place. Happy place. You're just, your brain's a serotonin machine gun. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, I think you've never had it go sideways. Uh well I'm going tubing this this weekend, so oh, we'll see what w- that brings. I don't want to put a um, curse on you. No, I uh I've had bad I've been way too high before, but I, I haven't um I haven't had a bad trip. Too bad. Actually I took mushrooms at the Silver Lake Reservoir and they hit me like hard. And you was, told me this. And story. I was like, I do not want to trip this hard, so I just started walking around the reservoir in the middle of the day like looking for sewer grates to throw up in. Yeah. People like walking by with their kids in strollers and I'm just like lurking between two parked cars like "Eh, is it cool if I like make myself throw up in between or is that uh, in between these cars or is that weird? And then so I was like I walked to the bathroom of the Silver Lake Reservoir but I started in like the little meadow area so it was like the polar opposite side and that's like a mile and a half walk or Mm so I think it's three miles around. And when you're tripping, it felt like I was like gone for an eternity, and I was yeah. running into people that I like <laughs> casually knew, but I didn't know their first names, so I didn't know how long I was supposed to talk to them. <laughs> like, hey, man, how's it been going on? I'm like, it's been going on. It's good. Uh, are you with me or against me? Like, you're on my side, typically, right? Like, you're not a hater. Like, <laughs> it's been going on. <laughs> And then, like, are you with me that's or was against a, me? That's, a, that's what's happening. That is a, that's a tripping feeling. Yeah, you're like, are you truly, like, on my side <laughs> and a friend and genuine, or are you, like, a little bit against friend me? Friend or foe. That's the feeling. That's what I need to know. Yes. Because I'm very vulnerable. Yes. So I finally make it all the way to the Silver Lake Reservoir bathroom, and I, I like, make myself barf in the fucking... <laughs> Bathroom, and I, God knows how long I was in there because when I came out, there was like a line of soccer moms <laughs> with their kids, like waiting forever for the bathroom. And then I'm like, should I say hi to them? What would I normally do? So I'm saying hi to all of them, which doesn't make any sense, but in my tripping mind. Plus, I didn't, the throwing up didn't help at all. I was still tripping. I think it made me trip harder. It didn't help me either. <laughs> the adrenaline you get from it made it worse. And my puke looked like a fetus. It was very terrifying, and I flushed it and was like, I never knew ye it was so it was, scary was, I love fucking all this nasty puke it looked like somebody threw sangria all over the bathroom <laughs> and like I'm waving hi at all these kids on the way out like hi hi sorry uh, I'm trying to like make chit chat I'm like no that's not what a normal person do go back around the reservoir run into the same guy again <laughs> With, like, all with me or against me. (laughs) I'm, like, he's trying to jog and exercise. And I'm, like, slowing down to talk to him. (sighs) Which in real life, I would just keep on walking. And then I finally made it back. But those are the things that don't make sense when you're tripping. Is, like... I saw him already. Yeah. I don't say hello again. Like, but those are the awkward things in life that we've just like mastered as primates. Yeah. You you just nod at him this time. Yeah. But when you're tripping, no, I think I went up to him the second time. I was like, listen, man, I don't know if I'm being weird. I'm tripping. And he's like, Oh no, totally cool. Have fun. (laughs) He was on my side. Ultimately. (laughs) (laughs) He was on my side. Turned out he was on my side, (laughs) but that was, that was an uncomfortable trip. But once I made it back, it was like, Glory, Hallelujah! Gl- and then for an hour, I thought I was the only one tripping. I didn't realize any of my other friends took mushrooms. Mm. And then, like, hour and a half later, I was like, Sorry, guys, I'm tripping. And they were like, Yeah, we're all tripping, too. Like, <laughs> a wave of relief spread over me. And then, then it became fun. Do so, people take molly and mushrooms? They must. Yeah, I'm going to this weekend. Is that called? What's that called? Sugar candy? It's called, like, sugar gliders or <laughs> squirreling or something. I don't know. Well, mushrooms and... No, mushrooms and molly is uh uh hippie flipping uh-huh and, and oh hippie flipping and or acid and molly's candy flipping i see but those are both Do retarded you, terms you were... i like i like trolling i think that's a more efficient tripping and rolling people oh i see. i, like, I think it's a more efficient nobody term. who's trolling does any actual internet trolling because you'd just be saying, like <laughs> incense and peppermint's coming nuts on you wouldn't be like fuck this youtube video i am so full of love internet trolling <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> But you're not, uh, and I'm not trying to make you, you're not worried. One of the reasons why I don't go into this uh, this drug business, I sound like such a narc. (laughs) Like, people are like, Molly, I love Molly. And you should do Molly. And uh, Duncan Trussell will be like, "Yeah, man, do some Molly with me, man. We gotta go uptown and take some Molly. It's gonna be the best, man." And then you're there, and you're like, "Getting it, getting it, getting it, getting it on." And Hannibal's there, and he's like, "People say Hannibal, you can't take Molly. Yes, I can, Hannibal." (laughs) (laughs) And Kumail's there. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God, I'm on Molly. Said she would run lines with me while I'm on (laughs) Molly in my trailer. (laughs) Yours has eclipsed mine as the new best thing. I uh, worry about my brain, uh, and I worry about uh, teach. Like I don't like taking melatonin. Melatonin is uh, stimulates your pineal gland. That's the same thing mushrooms and uh, acid do. Mm. Melatonin is just your brain's natural way of doing that. But melatonin is what people take to sleep to regulate their Mm. uh, sleep cycles. But if you take you if if I take it, I really trip you dreams. But melatonin is a hormone. And I don't want to take it because if you start taking it synthetically, which is what it is, it's being removed from, who knows, dead people, those people from the bodies exhibits. <laughs> They're just <laughs> sucking it out of them. I don't know where we're getting it. And if you start taking it, your, your brain learns eventually, we don't need to make this yeah. because it's being given to us. So I worry about, and I'm not trying to freak you out. Or, Melatonin, or, uh, your serotonin levels being. I worry about my brain going, don't MDMA. worry, I'll take some MDMA. Yeah, I think um everything in moderation. If you do it once in a blue moon, I think it's okay. I sure. really only do it. I've only done it like a handful of times. Okay, probably. And like, again, there's no judgment. Yeah, either. no, no, no. I I'm not I'm not even I'm not trying to sound defensive. I'm just saying like um I think I think those are legitimate fears. Yeah. And I worry this, about the same thing. But I think it's okay if you just dabble. Dabble. A little dabble do you. A little dabble little, do you. A little yeah. dabble do you. A little dabble do you. And also, what about your creative brain? Like, like, are you superstitious and weird? Like, if I have something to do the the week... If I'm doing mushrooms, I want three days, nothing before or after. Mm-hmm. I want to be in the middle of a nothing week mm-hmm. where I don't have to worry. But, yeah. And it's I, the same thing with any drug, really. But I, I, I yeah, guess I, I worry about... I think it about, depends on the drug I wouldn't want to do Molly I've never really gotten depressed I haven't had like this slump after I've talked Molly. to other people like that friends of yeah. ours that are like they feel fine Yeah it has not really But when if I was doing it all the time when we talk about maybe, you but, on your show feeling like the sponge of your brain is drained mm-hmm. in a moment like that that's when my negative critical side would be like well you should stop doing mushrooms or yeah. whatever I'm so busy with work leading up to Shooting and after shooting, and surrounded by these like 18 hour days, seven days Mm. a week kind of workloads that uh, I don't even have time to party at all. It's interesting, actually, as I was saying that though, somebody a lot of uh, weirdos know that I like mushrooms and I'm interested in them as a thing. Somebody just sent me a, a wonderful article where they were like, doing mushrooms can permanently increase your creativity. Like, it, it, positive things. And also, yeah. it uh, often comes up on the show, helps people quit drinking, helps people do a lot of positive things. Really? Those are just my flip-flops. Don't worry about it. Um, so anyway, I just don't want to be too negative on them. I also don't want to be too positive on them. Yeah, I think I think it's like anything else. I think just, like, everything in moderation, if you just do it once in a while, I sure. think it's totally healthy. Uh, but um, if you're abusing them or, yeah. you know, getting out of control, then it's not healthy if you start hearing your friends conspiring sure. I'm, not, I'm not trying to make light sure. if that happens yeah. if you blink You're... and see thousands of people <laughs> you should probably pump the brakes <laughs> that's what i say pump them, brakes. pump them brakes so did this bring you to meditation did an interest in the power of your own brain bring you to some no sort of... i was just so nervous i had so much problems with yeah. anxiety and um just getting nowhere auditioning and when i got here i was so miserable that i knew i needed to do something so i started seeing therapist and going to this yoga and meditation place kind of simultaneously, just coincidentally. Mm. And uh, around that time my therapist was like, You should try meditation and the more I did it, the more I loved it. I just like instantly like clicked with that and started really? researching it that I took a transcendental meditation class and I really liked that and that seemed like what's your mantra? Uh it's uh
1: Please help me, Emily. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, God, Emily, help me. Yeah, oh, Kumail you <laughs> will <laughs> never hear this. <laughs> um, I, I realize it's two, almost 2.30, and I told all my editors that I was going to be back oh, before that. We can be um, done whenever, man. Is that okay? This I'm is, sorry, too. No, I should have warned you that we usually go uh, two hours. We, uh, for, uh, you do two hours? Usually. Oh, shit. Sorry, I thought it was just an hour. Hour and a half is fine. Is that okay? Anything is fine. You, you can just come back on. You do two hours. We do two plus. I, I allotted Jeez, two and a half hours. Man, that's crazy. How do you find the energy? <clears throat> I love it. That's like Howard Stern. just does five hours. Is it really? And he does it every day. Every day. I we do. I think he. We, I think he pumped the brakes. I think he um, only does like three or four days a week. Now, oh, okay. But, but for you know what, thirty years he was doing five hour. You know, it's exhausting. Yeah, it is exhausting. But this, I'm like, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna connect with my friend and talk to him, and and I love this sort of thing and laugh. I was like, it's it's like. It's like the most condensed living if, that I do. If I wasn't Jamaica in the Jamaica, if I wasn't in the middle of editing, I would stay for. Oh, please, two and a half. please, please, please. Let let's let's wrap it up. Although I know already, people are going to wish that you could uh, come back. Could have left earlier when the energy was higher. No, you're wonderful. Uh, thank you for plugging TM without me bringing it up. Yes, weed grass. There's a, also TM is energy. the popular meditation, but there's different types of meditation that I've tried that I loved as well. I, yeah. I think I just know the most. I have the most information about TM, and I have a TM teacher, so that's why people. I. That's why I go with that. But I, I, did you I don't drop a thousand dollars on it? Uh, how much did I pay? Yeah, I think so, something like that. Yeah. See, I'm always looking for that. I think there are just for people listening. There are people that will teach you. It's a very simple method. I recommend doing it through the David Lynch Foundation and doing it properly. Yeah. Uh, but in case you don't have 1000 I know $1, a guy then, that does it for 500 I, I got a guy that can do it <laughs> for See, that's the thing. I, and I think there are people that do it for donation that really think that Maharishi's teachings have been perverted into some sort of money scheme. Yeah. I don't happen to think that's true. I, in fact, am a believer that the $1,000 fee helps you continue to do it mm-hmm. because it puts value It literally it Says puts value the Transcendental Meditation Salesman. Uh, let's no, do no. grass. I agree, too. I, I it, it's hard to tell my friends because they think it's, it sounds there's brochures. It yeah. sounds very culty. clumsy ish So like I've kind of given up on trying to convince people that, that are skeptical. And I'm like, I was skeptical too, but yeah, you know, yeah, well, you're a good, see, I, I, I uh, I think it's totally worth it. And yeah. you can retake those classes as much as you want. But there's also other types of meditation that are great, I think, too. So you don't have to do transcendental meditation. There's, I agree. We have friends friends know. of ours that read books on uh, Buddhist uh, meditation, which uh, it was explained to me. You're not trying to transcend anything. You're just trying to be present completely in the moment. Mm-hmm. That works, too. Yeah. If you if you want to if you're curious about meditation, and now I'm talking to the to the listeners, you can literally just go. I breathe in, I breathe out, I yeah. breathe in, I breathe out as you're breathing. Yeah, that's how I started. And I just focused you'll, you'll on my breath, there. and, yeah. and I, I my my little made up one is be right here, mm-hmm. be right here, and then I move into this is an illusion, mm-hmm. and it really melts my dick. It's great. I just want to be as fat because I said this a million times. I can't get it out there enough. I just want to be as fascinated with the world as I should be, which is more than I am. This has been you made it weird. It's very very uh Hold my side hand. Yeah. <laughs> um let, let's end on this. Uh it's just I know you gotta get out of here. Just the question do you, One of the hardest times you've ever laughed. You already told us some hilarious stories, so don't feel pressure, but I love asking hardest people Hardest time one. I ever laughed? Probably when I saw the Mr. Sparkle episode of The Simpsons. Ah, uh, join me or die. Oh, where he goes, uh, I am disrespectful to dirt. <laughs> Cannot you see that I am serious? And then the guy's interviewing the two-headed cow, and it shatters like glass. Yep. <laughs> that, like, blue...
1: Mine too. Me
0: too. My that was the eleventh grade. Mine. Me too. I I was like, I I was like coughing. I was laughing so hard. I was like coughing and walking (laughs) around my bedroom, like pacing back and forth. Like if somebody walked in, it looked like I was like, like the Heimlich would have to be performed. (laughs) Like. I had a booger hanging out like crying like, what is the blood phrase? trickling out of my ear I am disrespectful to dirt he says something like I am disrespectful to dirt cannot you see that I am serious and at <laughs> one, that's one the point, subtitles the skinny girls turned into the sumo, sumo girls it's yeah. so, and they turned into <laughs> sumo men I think because <laughs> <laughs> their tops come off <laughs> and they're not boobies the guy's just interviewing a had headed cow and shit. it's like glass and it's eyes fall right <laughs> something I'm like it's like my exactly. favorite the most the hardest I ever laughed, I don't even remember. It's a great But I think Yeah. I, I think that was the hardest. Out. I also one time when I was ten I saw my dad sing chain 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 by Aretha Franklin <laughs> <laughs> at a karaoke night in a bar outside in Buena Vista, Florida, right outside of Disney <laughs> Disney World. And uh he couldn't have been more bad at singing <laughs> along to a karaoke machine. He was just like looking at the screen. <laughs> And the lady that was like running the karaoke, she was like trying to like get him to sing the words, and he was like, "Huh? What?" And then uh, (laughs) I had it on cassette tape, but I lost it. But uh, I don't know. You had the wherewithal to record it? No, she was giving out recordings like you would record. She would record you Ah. singing a song, and he was just like, "Money!" He kept saying "money" too for no reason, and I laughed so hard. I threw up. <laughs> I'm not joking. When I was 10, it was, I, I went, ah, ah, and I started coughing, and a little, like, it wasn't a ton of puke. It was just like, and it went on the floor, and I, like, went upstairs to the, the hotel floor. room to, change. <laughs> to change, change. To change, 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 So that, that, uh, that, I mean, that, I was biased. It's my dad. I was 10. No, we're looking but for But Mr. Those... Sparkle, I saw his comedy mr. Sparkle, no i want mr. sparkle i simpsons i'm commercial. as i've never met your dad but i'm as happy with the with the chain <laughs> chain chain story are you kidding me that's fucking fantastic what is yours uh people ask that a lot so i, I sometimes not a lot but uh i've, I've said them you so, said it so a lot which well, i'm just curious you can edit this part out. no no no. i'll tell it very quickly i was in the pool with my friend he also threw up and i was explaining to him the rules of the pool olympics I was like, we're going to do the breath holding contest. We're going to have a relay race. And then this kid, like eight, like, wait, we, we were like 14. So, like, eight was really young to yeah, us, but yeah. still kind of like us. And this kid was just hauling ass doing the crawl stroke with his face underwater right at us. And I said, I go, and other events such as running from this guy, <laughs> which doesn't seem that funny, but in the moment, we both started laughing. It was yeah. hard to tell we were crying because we were already wet. Yeah. He got out of the pool and, sh- and yacked <laughs> behind a bush. He was laughing, laughing that laughing. hard. I've made that man laugh at my one of my best friends, my oldest best friend, uh, Aaron. I call him Ern. I've made him puke twice. Wow! Yeah, I'm very happy That's about that. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's a good friend. That's uh, good. We end the show with a guest saying "Keep it crispy" and uh, and a promise that you'll come back. Keep it crispy. I promise I promise you'll come back. Can you do it like James Adomian's impression of you? <laughs> Keep it crispy. <laughs> Yeah, I'm coming back. <laughs> I just turned into uh, TJ and Peter. Yeah. 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 Oh, fuck. thanks, man. Get out of here. Thank you. So crispish. So crispish. I'm going to be a black. Three is hanging long down in Memphis on my grief. Now leaving Nerdist.com.